Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of The Unbroken Ground. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited uh, to um, speak with you this week as uh, I look at uh, the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to talk a little bit about This Is Us again. Um, It was something I talked about a little bit last year being in marketing, but uh, something else has come up a little bit, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, But I also wanted just to, before before I do that, uh, I just wanted to, I think I talked about it last week, but I wanted to remind you that I have another side project that the Unbroken Ground is producing called Called Out. Um, it's it's a new standalone um, podcast, uh, but this one is all interviews. Uh, it's a format that I will be using to um, interview different people who feel vocationally called to the ministry and, uh, and how that happened, uh, how they were called, kind of how God has adjusted that call and um, how they see God moving in the future uh, with that. So that is out. Uh, you can find it on Spotify and um, on um, Apple iPod uh, podcast. Um, pretty much those are the two places that it is right now. Still working on getting a few other places, but if you have Spotify, you can get it there. If you have Apple, uh, it's free to listen on either one. So uh, check it out there. Remember, it's called Called Out. Um, and I'm going to play a quick uh, clip here, just a moment from uh, the interview, uh, just to kind of give you a little taste of that uh, before we jump into doing uh, a story about uh, about the prodigal son, but really about the big brother. Um, so we're going to play, play that clip, and then uh, we'll, we'll jump in. So thank you for guys for listening. Uh, don't forget if you have feedback or if you just want to join in and, and have questions or anything like that, you can find me at for, Facebook forward slash The Unbroken Ground. And um, also take take a look and listen to um, this new series, this new side project called Called Out. If you've listened to the podcast much at all, you remember my friend Jim. He's my first interview person. Uh, but I will be expanding that. Uh, the next one is going to be Travis Fry. And so uh, be on the lookout for more news about that. So here's a little clip. And then after that clip is over, we'll jump into uh, this week's podcast. The vocational ministry call was kind of a graduation I mean, it kind of um, uh, evolved, I guess, through the years. Um, but my wife was okay with every step, and that was very important to me. Um, so, I mean, being called to be a husband, and those are other callings that you have to acknowledge. Um, there were opportunities presented that just wouldn't, work out um, financially or whatever and you just have to accept those closed doors and be like okay uh, why did that happen or that did happen and just keep moving on so um, yeah just uh, yeah find your tools what do you like to use and don't ignore your other callings I guess those would be the advice uh, and I think what I would go back and tell prior Jim, younger Jim, <laughs> is I would just reinforce the idea that um, God's going to provide. 
uh, while I keep telling my kids, my kids are starting to get jobs and get done with school and all of that. And keep telling my kids, I've, I've made my choices. I understand my choices that I've made. And God continues to provide for me in ways that I can't even imagine. I mean, I've been to India, I've been to Belize, I've been to Costa Rica. I've been, uh, I mean, as a non-profit Christian camp um, support raising guy, um, I've really been a lot of places and done a lot of things that I would not have been imagined are possible. Um, so I would just encourage, um, yeah, prior Jim, just, just know, be patient. Don't worry. That's, that's actually something Jesus tells us for a reason, because God provides exactly what he wants to. So as I as stated last week, um, not last week, as I said earlier, um, one of the things that I did last year around the Super Bowl time was talk about the uh, the Me Too uh, media uh, blitz uh, with their with their different kind of commercials and all that kind of stuff, trying to get out this different idea of who Jesus is. And they did it again uh, for the Super Bowl. And I honestly didn't watch. Um, I was at a, a youth thing where um, I wasn't really keyed in on what the commercials were. So I saw one that was like uh, washing feet and I know there was others. Um, and um, in response to that, um, there was a, uh, a pastor on Instagram who put together his own video, which was um, instead of he gets us, it was he changed us. Uh, and it was just, it was pictures and uh, pictures and stories, more just pictures of, of like, um, how, what God has done to change people. Um, and as, and presented it as like, this is a better video than he gets us. Um, and, and I think the, the, the problem, of course, with all things, with all arguments, especially ones that are, that seem to exist within the realm of Christianity is that it's really, it's really not a either, or, uh, it's really not, it's really not like, oh, he gets us, which just says that, you know, God loves us, um, or, or tries to, express that as clearly, clearly as possible is, is bad or that, um, telling, putting together a video of the things that, that God has done uh, and lives that he's changed, uh, people who were one way and now they're in a different way, um, is, is, is better. Um, they're both good. They're both amazing. It's amazing the things that God does and, and, and the amazing things that God is. Um, and I think that the, it misses the point a little bit to try to put those as the only two options of choices that exist. Um, and, and I think it, it puts us into the same category of being afraid of um, God's love and grace. And, and because it, it, is, it is something um, that we struggle with because we don't understand unconditional love. Unconditional love actually just doesn't make sense to us because 
we don't we we can't experience that in our human realm. We just we just don't. Um, if we love, it's easy to love people that love us. It's easy to love people from a distance. It's easy to say we love people. Sometimes we even say we, we, we love people. We just don't like them, but, but that's not the way it is with God. God, God just loves people. Um, Jesus loves people. And, and so, you know, in the, in the whole grand scheme of things, like with the whole, whole, he gets this campaign is that they're right. They're right. That, that, Jesus would be with all people and love all people and care for all people. And that's like period. Like we don't, we don't have to add anything else to that, but, but we, we, we feel like we do um, because we don't want people to um, miss out on what, what that love should do or what that love would then demands of us um, in a sense. But, but I think that, it's okay to actually just stop there and just just think about it for a little while. And to think about just how much God loves you, um, how much God loves you just just as you were. Um, see, see, when we put this uh, qualifier um, on God's love, like God will love you, yes, but he but he won't he won't just leave you. which is true. I don't I think that's very true that God loves you and he wants to see you changed. Um, regardless of who you were and who you're going to be, like there is a, there is a, there's a process of sanctification that occurs because God loves you. He doesn't want to leave you lost, dark, lonely, hurting, broken. Like he does, he wants to heal you. He wants to bring those things, but, but he's not doing, but he doesn't love you, um, because of who you can be, um, even though he sees that and loves that too. Um, he doesn't love you because of who you can become. Um, he doesn't love you because of, of who you will be. But he just he just loves you. Uh, and, and I think that um, sometimes that once you spend a lot of time uh, following Christ or once you spend a lot of time around other Christians especially and you don't spend a lot of time about people who, who don't really know God or, or then, then some of that, we take some of that for granted. But, but let's just take some examples. For example... Jesus called Peter to be his disciple, and Peter had some major issues. He had some anger issues. He had some pride issues. Um, he was um, he was he was uh, eager to to bring down violence. He was like, "Hey, this 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 village just said you guys can't come in. Shall we call down thunder?" Like. Like Peter wasn't even, Peter was like, I know we can do it. I know what we can do. Let's just wipe this place out. Like Jesus, let's go ahead. Let's go. Let's get it started. Let's, let's just start the war. We'll wipe this place off the earth. How dare they say that we can't come to that village. And Peter's like, no. and, and Jesus is like, Peter, buddy, no, that's not, that's not what we're doing here. Like, so, so Jesus called Peter before Peter and and Jesus even called I think Jesus even called Peter the Rock he called him Simon the Rock um, before Simon really even earned that name um, and and Jesus just I think loved Simon just the way he was and and, and he loved who he would become but he he just he just loved and and I think that um, like for the for the hardest example the, the or the, the the hardest test case here is the fact that that Jesus loved Judas. That that as as Jesus um, sat at the table with his friends for the last time, 
he still loved Judas, even though he knew that um, Judas was going to betray him, even though he knew that that Judas was going to kick off the um, most terrible uh, time of his life. Jesus still loved Judas and, and died for him. He died for his sins, even though Judas would not accept that, even though um, that never came to fruition, Jesus loved Judas and, and um, traveled with him and served with him and called him his friend and called him a brother and called him student. Like that, that's the kind of thing I think that we really find difficult uh, because um, we, as, as Christians, a lot of times we're like, okay, what about the, the fact that we're supposed to live holy lives? What about the fact that God changes us? What about the fact that we're supposed to be apprentices and disciples of Jesus? And, and the fact is, yeah, that exists. I, I think that's why Paul says that, and, and I think all people who have accepted or said that they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and, and Savior, and, and he lives in their hearts, and they have that relationship, that they're pursuing that, I think that it should be seriously done. Um, I, I think that's why Paul says that we should, you work out your, your salvation in fear and trembling, because you, you, it is something that you should um, consider. You should think about it. You should think about what it means to be saved. You should think about what what it might what it might mean to be to to follow to be a follower of Christ. Like that that should be a serious consideration that you have um, when you make that uh, commitment. But you, no one, no one uh, started perfect. No one, and and if you were waiting to change prior to making that commitment, it'll never happen. And, and so, so he gets us is, is the story that is the story that needs to be told to the people who, who don't know or don't, aren't sure about where they stand in the, the kingdom and God's eyes of where Jesus's eyes, like, like where they stand. The story is, is the standing is that he loves you. And, and there's just not anything you can do to not, to make him not love you. Like he, that's how, that's how full of his love, his, that's his character. That's who he is. And he would not change. He will not change that. He loves you. He gets you. And and then on the flip side of that, but we don't have to jump to that, but I think it's important because we'll come back. I, I, I don't want to, and I don't want to, I, I, I want to jump to that now, but, but I have a further thing to say. Um, but on the flip side of that is I believe this is true, that if God truly comes to live in your heart, then he will begin to work to make you more like Jesus. That's, that's just what he says he'll do. It's a process of sanctification and, and it should be something that you look forward to that you want to participate in because you've experienced the love of of Jesus and you want to follow that. Um, but it's not something that, um, that we have to, um, convince people of before they they get saved, before they accept Jesus Christ as Lord. They don't have to be ready to do that. Um, they don't have to be ready to give everything up and turn away and and become new. And um, it's something that that when the Spirit comes in, then that that begins. That's the process, right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. And it's not our job to do that. And I think that sometimes it's so hard for us to 
to to wrap ourselves our ideas around that um because it because it's it's not our job uh, it's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit is to come and convict and to uh, to work in people's hearts that that they would want the things that God wants them to want, that they would want to read Scripture, that they'd want to be be more like Jesus. But that's that's the Holy Spirit's job. Now we can be a part of that process for sure, and we should be. Um, we should be better at it. We're we're not always great at that. Uh, of as far as getting people to to find and follow Jesus, um, we should be better at discipleship and teaching people what that means and what that looks like and apprenticeship and all that. And so yeah, we have some room to grow um, for sure. For sure, we 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 can we can grow in that. But we don't have to jump there. Um, to as far as what it is, what attracts people to who God is. Um, and, and here's, here's, here's why. So, so all that, I want to, I wanted to say all that to get that all out of the way. So you, so you could, you can think about that as whatever you want in that, uh, wherever you land. Um, because I'm not just talking about, oh yeah, we just, we just tell people that God loves them and, and you know, well, that's fine, whatever, whatever they do with that, whatever they, if they accept him and then they can do whatever. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is that we have to be careful as Christians to not be the older brother. Um, and, and that's from the story of the prodigal, uh, the prodigal son. I'm not going to read it. Um, uh, if you want to, if you want to read through it, you can find it in Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 32. Um, and, and a lot of times we focus on the prodigal because I, we find ourselves there, right? We find ourselves where we've, um, we've walked away. Uh, we've stepped away. We've lost our, our way. We've, we've gone in the wrong direction and we've come back. Um, and and, and how this ties in, uh, so if you, if you know the story, um, I'm, again, I'm not going to tell you the whole one, so please go read it if you don't know it. But if you know the story, and I think most of you listen to it do, um, the most interesting thing here is that the prodigal is in the foreign country, and he is starving. He is, he is just broken. And he comes to his senses and he says, you know, my servants in my father's house eat better than this. So here's what I will do. He comes up with a plan. I'm going to come back. I'm going to say to my father, oh, God, I have sinned against you. I, I don't deserve. I just let me be a servant in your, your house. And so, he, so he, that's his plan. That's what he's going to do. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna beg on the kindness of the father to let him just be a servant in the house where he was um, the, the, the son. Um, he, he was like, I've lost that. I have, I don't deserve that. I don't, I don't even, I don't even have the gall to ask. I don't have the guts to ask for that back. I don't deserve it back really. I, I mean, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and just say, father, can I be a servant in your house? Can I be, can I just, can I just be someone who serves in your house? Um, with no, none of the rights of being a child, none of the, not being a son. You don't even have to call me son again. I, I just, I'm broken. I'm starving. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't have anywhere else to turn. And, and that's what, that's where he starts taking back to God. And don't miss that because I think that's where people like, I, I it, for the most part, <laughs> Most people don't aren't satisfied or aren't aren't having the time of their life, and then decide, you know what? I'm having the time of life. I think I'm going to turn to God. Like 
just the realities of it is is that most people when they're broken when they're when they've tried everything else when they're at the end of the rope they have nothing else they're desperate that's that's a lot of times when they turn back to god and so that's what the prodigal does and that's what we do. That's what people do. We go, oh, I, I thought I could, I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew what would bring me the most amount of joy, what would f- fulfill my life. I thought I knew all those things. And, and then like reality hits, we hit rock bottom. We're desperate. We're broken. We're dying. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We're starving. We're spiritually broken. We're spiritually seeking. And we're like, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I don't deserve to be a, a son, a daughter, but maybe I could just be a servant. Maybe, maybe I could just be at the lowest level I could just get in. And so the prodigal starts back. And, and here's the thing that I, that, that I think is so intriguing about this story is that Jesus tells the story, tells this parable, and he includes that part. But you know what never happens? The prodigal never tells the, the father his apology and, or, his, or his plan. He never, he never says, all right, all right, dad, I messed up. Um, I don't deserve to be called your son. Can I just be a servant? I'm, I'm starving. I'm dying. I, I, got, I have nowhere else to turn. I thought I could do it all on my own, but God, I, I, but dad, I can't. He never says that. He never gets a chance because here's what happens. And this is this is what's so amazing and so um, just awe-inspiring about the way, because Jesus is telling this story to depict how the Father loves, how God the Father loves. He's telling it to to Pharisees. He's telling it to his disciples. He's 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 reframing the understanding of who God is and and how he loves. The moment, the moment the father sees the son on his way back, that he's coming home, he runs to go meet him. And the son doesn't have a chance to go, I've messed up. I did wrong. Please let me be a servant. Instead, the father runs, which, which there's a whole another sermon about that and, and uh, that you can do a whole study about that. You, as a dignified man in the old, uh, in, in that time during Jesus' time, you wouldn't run because that was below your station. Like you were, you, you know, you just, that's just something you do. And so, but here he does, God, God says that Jesus says the father sees the son and he takes off running and he, and he gets to him and he grabs him in his arms and he hugs him and he kisses him and he says, my son, my son has come home. And then he, and then he didn't, he didn't like, he didn't stand off far and wait for the apology. He didn't wait to see if the son's heart had changed. Like, like he didn't need to know that. <laughs> like, like, do you, do you see that in the story? Like, like the the father doesn't love the son because the son's repenting and coming back. He doesn't care that maybe the one of the only reasons that the son's coming back is because he's hungry, because he's he's broken. He's broke. He doesn't have any more money. He wasted it all. He used it all, and and he was a fool, and and he he doesn't he doesn't care that that's why he comes back. He doesn't care 
he doesn't he doesn't wait to see if the son has had had a moment where he's thought through and decided that he was wrong and that he should never have done what he did and that that the father was right all along and and he 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 doesn't have him to he doesn't grab him and go go sit in your room and think about what you've done and then when you can tell me show me where you made those mistakes then you can then I will talk with you none of that none of that happens Jesus tells a story to depict God's love. And he says, when God saw, when the father saw the son, he ran and immediately he said, oh, you're my son. Oh, you're my daughter. Oh, you're my child. You were, you were lost. You were lost. And now you're found. We got to throw a party. We got to, he said, he said to the servants, he's like, Hey, go grab the best robe. Cause, cause this is not the thing that my child wear. My children dress, they wear the nice robes and go get them a nice robe and put the ring back on his finger. And that, that was the, the, the symbol of power that he had been restored and that he was not a servant. He was still, he was still a son. He was been, he had been restored to his position. And he said, let's throw a party. Go get the fattened calf. Let's go. Let's, let's go. My son was was lost now he's found and he rejoiced that is the love of the father and that's the love that jesus wanted us to understand the father has and and we and we struggle with that because we we want to say yeah but but the prodigal never should have left right i mean is somebody going to talk to him about that? Is somebody going to tell him that that his life before and after didn't match up? And so so he's he's got some thinking. He's got some changing he needs to do. Well, if you think like that, then you feel then you 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 fit in with the big brother. You fit in with 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 the older brother, because in the background of this story. Against the against the beautiful foreground and, and colorful splashing of God's unconditional, uncontrolled, unending love is the older brother. He's been working in the fields and he comes back to a party. And he won't go in. He won't take part. And so the father, because who's the father? The loving father? God comes out to see him. Like, hey... My boy, my my son, come celebrate with us. Your brother was lost, but now he's found. Like, like we gotta throw a party. Like he's back. Like he's he's home. He's he's alive and he's 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 back. And the and the brother, the older brother was like, Are you out of your mind? <laughs> that that son who took your inheritance. That, that he took your money and he wasted it in a foreign land. He he lived and he was a fool. He was sinful. He he lived a lifestyle that that no one should condone. You're 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 throwing him a party. And, and again, the dad, that God's just like, yeah, yeah, he was lost, but he came back. He's found. We gotta celebrate. He's found. And, and the older brother was like, I've, I've been working so hard. And, and you haven't even 
celebrated with just maybe a goat. Not if, I, I'm not even asking for a fattened calf, Dad. Like, like, even, like where's my party? <laughs> where's my celebration? Where's, where's my recognition for living right and doing what you ask me to do and, and being faithful and doing the, the things that I'm supposed to do? Like, where is my party? And, and the dad is just like, ah, you've always been with me. I love that. I love that. And you, and, and I celebrate that, but, but right now, right now, what I need, I need you to see and do is that is, is to recognize that your brother was lost and now he's found. And the older brother just couldn't see it. The older brother couldn't celebrate it. And in fact, he he felt it was unfair. It was unfair that that his service, like he had been doing everything right, and yet. Here comes the younger brother returning from his life of sin and 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 living in the far country and wasting all the money. He comes back and they throw a party for him? Like, are you kidding me? Like like what 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 why why did I stay then? Like if I knew if I knew I could just go and go party, take my money and go party. Yeah, that sounds way better than just working here in the fields like I've been doing. Yeah. And and the point, I think, is that when we can't understand the unconditional love of God. We miss opportunities to join in that celebration. I, man, I don't know. I don't know all the right answers for how we are to, to tell people about who God is. And, and what knowledge people, what, what specific things or knowledge or actions or lifestyles that people have to live before they can, can come back to God, like how, whether they get it right or not, or whether they get it right after they do come back to him. Like, I don't know. But what I do know is that I don't want to have the heart of the brother. I don't want to have the heart that was like, how dare we celebrate this wasted life, this guy coming back, you wasted so much and how dare we celebrate while God is rejoicing because he who was lost has been found. If, if the point of finding Jesus if the point of coming back to Jesus is because we 
are demanding to see somebody's life change, the light and and, and uh, often miraculously so. And that's it. Then then we have twisted it. Cuz cuz here's the deal. Um for every miraculous person who was an alcoholic and they they find Jesus and suddenly their desire to drink alcohol has gone away forever. There's enough people that they find Jesus and then a month later they 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 give in to that same struggle. They they there's people who find Jesus and then a month later or two years later or, or at whatever time it might be, they let their doubts, their anxiety just crashes in on them and they just can't follow anymore. They struggle, they hurt, they do the best they can. Jesus doesn't love us more when we get it right. And, and I think that for our society and, and the way that we value things, like that's, we struggle with that because we, I, I struggle with that. Like I want to get it right. I want to be right. I want to do it right. I want to know what information I need to know. I need it. I want to know what words I should say. I want to know how I got to, I want, I want, I want, I want. And we struggle. Like, is it fair? God's love, is it? Like Jesus, Jesus looks at, at the the thief, the the sinner on the cross, whatever you know, and and Jesus, and he says, Jesus, when you come in your kingdom, remember me, remember me, and and that's like the last thing he does of his dying breath. But his whole life was just, um, I'm sure it wasn't full. I mean, that's a mischaracterization there, but but. But his life was had led him to this point that he was on the cross, not innocently, innocently like Jesus was, because he deserved to be there because of the crimes that he had done. And he says, "Jesus, if you remember me when you come in your kingdom," and Jesus says, "You're in, buddy. Today you'll be with me in paradise." And you go, "Is that is that fair?" That's the older brother, right? The older brother. It's not fair, Dad. He wasted his inheritance of his life and the things that he, the choices he's made. And I've been faithful and I've been good. And I, and not once have you celebrated me. Where's my party? Oh. And the dad, his heart breaks for his older, for his older son and says, Oh, my son. You've always been here. I do celebrate you, but now, now is the time to celebrate your brother. And and the older brother couldn't. It's a, it's an issue of the heart. Um, it's an issue of control. Like we we want to if if. Um, like I, I think that uh, people should be take their salvation very seriously and work it out, and they should read read the Bible, and they should allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them, and and just like them, same same as me, they, that they should allow Jesus to reveal where they're not holy, where they're where they have sins, where where His Spirit needs to come speak to us. But but if they if but they don't have to be that before, and most of us are not. And even if they fall away, 
the celebration is when they come back. <laughs> and and I'm not even talking about, ugh, because you could get into a lot of that of like, well, were they really saved? Um, did they lose their salvation? I, I, I mean, I don't think that... There's a long talk to even discuss that. And so I'm not, not wanting to jump into that. Although, as a good Baptist, I will say that once saved, always saved has been drilled into me. And I haven't found any good evidence that um, if someone truly follows Jesus, if they're truly inviting him into their lives, that, that they can lose that because that was a gift given by God that, and not anything that we did, but rather his, his faith that we received his righteousness. Um, and so we, we can't, you know, lose that but um yeah i think there's there's questions i think that as a church as a as as big c church christianity it is our job to teach people to be disciples if they truly want to follow jesus it's our job to teach them to be disciples um but i i'm never gonna i'm never gonna you know turn up my nose at at a as a at a, a commercial or an ad campaign that's trying to get people to understand that God just loves them. And 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 can he change their lives? Yeah. Yeah, he can. He will. I mean, if you truly if you truly follow Jesus, yeah, your life is going to change, but you don't have to change in order for God to love you. Like God God doesn't love you more after the change. He doesn't love you more if you become more like his son. Like that's that's the part we don't understand. Like, 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 um, we're we're so busy, we're so busy with our life trying to achieve approval of other people, of of our supervisors, of our our fa- friends, uh, our family. We're so busy that it's hard for us to even imagine a God who doesn't need you to achieve anything, who loved you before you were even born, who loved you even when you were an enemy of God. So if you have friends, if you're listening and you feel like you're far away from God, come home. Come home. God loves you. And and there's nothing you can do to, to make him not love you. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. You'll live a better life you'll have a better time if you do it in the father's house. That's what the prodigal knew. That's why he wanted to go back. Even if he could only be a servant, what he didn't expect, but what he experienced though, was the love of God that no one else has, that unconditional love that said, my son has come home. May we join in those celebrations and may we never have the older brother's heart to question the fairness, to question the love of God. How dare he? That's what the older brother said. As though God's love is somehow lessened or limited because he has love for that prodigal who comes back. How dare he? The brother would say. Where's my share of love? Where's my share of the celebration? And the dad's just like, you've always had it. It's there. I'm so proud of what you've done. I love you. But my, but this is a time of celebration, and it doesn't make my love for you any less. 
It doesn't make my love for my your brother any greater. I love you. Maybe that's all we need to hear today. That's something I often need to hear. Is that as God saying, you don't have to do anymore. I, I have things for you. I've set things aside. I have plans for you. I have things that I gifted you for, and I want you to be, to participate in them. But 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 know that if you don't. I still love you. And 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 know that that love is not changed by how well or what you do. I love you. You're my child, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you. And just to accept that, to accept that love, that unconditional love that only comes from God. It's a challenge because we really, everything is earned, right? Everything has to be earned. It's got to be. It's got to be. And God says, no, you just rest in this. Know that I love you. And may our hearts be that way. May we receive that. And may we learn as we think about the story of the prodigal son and the older brother, may we learn how to celebrate the prodigals and even celebrate the prodigalness in ourselves and know that we rely on the never-ending, unconditional, unlimited, never-scarce love of the creator of the universe, our God, our Father, who loved so much that he sent his only son to die. And that son loved those he walked with, even the one who would betray him. He loved. May we carry that love with us to this, this week and our lives to the world that needs to hear and see and know the love of the Father. May you be that vessel May your life reflect that. I hope you have a great week. hope you find places that you can love and reflect God's love and that you can feel God's love this week um, and, and celebrate that. Thanks for listening. Catch you again sometime soon.